Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoy today's program. Many times Christians tend to view the outward circumstances in their life as an indication of how pleased or how displeased God is with them spiritually. But this line of thinking may lead us to the conclusion that when our outward environment is the most difficult, then we are missing God's blessing. But the book of Acts shows us that possibly just the opposite is true. Stay with us today for an enlightening life study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This program is furnished by Living Stream Ministry and is focused on excerpts of the spoken ministry of Witness Lee, who spent 21 years of his life devoted to this exhaustive exposition of the entire Bible, revealing the eternal life of God for our experience and for the accomplishment of His eternal purpose. Francis Ball has joined us again today as we look further into Acts chapter 9. Francis, welcome back. We're always happy to have you with us. It always makes me happy to be here, Chris. We're going to look at the churches, Francis, today as they were being established in the regions around Judea in the first century. Review for us, if you would, just how it was that the Lord in his sovereignty spread the gospel and the churches first from Jerusalem, then to the outside areas. We saw from chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord's intention was to spread the gospel throughout Judea, Samaria, and even unto the uttermost part of the earth. However, the Jewish believers at that time were still expecting the Lord to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. So they were inquiring of the resurrected Christ, as they had with Christ in his flesh on the earth, if this was the time he would establish his kingdom. And his reply was that they would receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon them and would be his witnesses throughout the world, throughout the whole earth. Even though the church life, which began in Jerusalem, was something wonderful, the Lord sovereignly raised up persecution, which he used eventually to scatter the disciples. This caused a spread of the church life throughout Judea, eventually into Samaria, and on to Galilee. So by the time we get to this section of chapter 9 in Acts, we see that there are churches throughout these regions. And these were raised up primarily as a result of the persecution that came as a result of uh, Stephen having been stoned. This is the Lord's sovereign way of carrying out what he said would happen in uh, chapter 1, verse 8. By this time, both Peter and Paul were instrumental in spreading the gospel into regions beyond Jerusalem. Paul started right after his conversion to preach in the synagogues in Damascus that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is the Christ. This stirred up more persecution, but nonetheless the church spread throughout. So we could say that God sovereignly used persecution to spread the gospel, to cause the disciples 
to be scattered from Jerusalem, and the result was churches raised up in these different areas. Francis, we're going to take as kind of our focal point verse, I think, today, a verse in chapter 9, verse 31, and I'll read that here. It's set against the backdrop of what you described, a devastating persecution following the stoning of Stephen on the disciples, on the believers in in Jerusalem at that time, and this led to their scatter. So I believe the backdrop of how this verse is phrased or couched is very important to really understanding. Again, we're talking about a situation of outward extreme persecution, suffering outwardly on the part of many of the believers. The verse says, So then the church throughout the whole of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it was multiplied. Let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our life study today. It seems that the Apostle Peter was out of the scene. He was no more in the scene. But it is not so. After Saul's case, Luke tells us that in chapter 9, so the church had throughout the whole of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. You know, all these three regions were the three provinces in the ancient Roman Empire. Judea was a province in the south of uh, the Jewish land. Galilee was a province in the north of the Jewish land. And Samaria was a part in between of the southern north. That was a kind of semi-Jewish, semi-Gentile thing. But anyhow, all these three uh, provinces had churches. Yet the uh, word Luke used is not the churches, but the church. The church in those three provinces had peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The comfort, you know, that they were suffering and it was multiplied. The church was multiplied. And this shows the prevailing of the propagation of the uh, resurrected Christ. Despite that much persecution, the propagation of the resurrected Christ was still going on very prevailingly. Now, we come back to Peter. Peter was not out of the scene. This last part of chapter 9 is in record of the spreading of Peter's ministry. It's spread from uh, Jerusalem, Judea, to uh, somewhat the north, to Caesarea, along the seaside. Firstly, Peter went to uh, Lydda, and there he did some miracles. He healed one by the name Aeneas. She was sick for eight years, and uh, she got healed. Then... Peter went to Java, and there he uh, quickened a dead sister, Dorcas. Now Peter was on the scene again, on the scene outside of Jerusalem, even outside of uh, Judea, in a place somewhat uh, connected 
are related to the Gentiles. Here you have the、uh, Roman government. Later on, we will see Caesarea was a center of the Roman government. So Peter was moved out of that Jewish center, Jerusalem, with Judea, to a city, Caesarea, where the Roman government was. There, Peter did these two miracles. Of course, one is in Joppa, and Joppa was very close to Caesarea, and this was a stepping stone. For Peter to open the door of the kingdom for the Gentiles. Francis, this is a very interesting picture of the churches as they were going on in the first century, and we've seen previously the devastating persecution that they were under at the time. But I love the passage that we read and heard about here in Witnessly sharing that they were going on in the fear of the Lord. You would think that, considering all that they were suffering, they would be more in the fear of men, wouldn't you? Yes, I would think so. Given the intensity of that persecution, which, as you mentioned already, included Stephen's being stoned to death, and the reaction of the religious Jews, even to Paul's sudden and strong preaching,、uh, you would expect the saints in the church there to be fearful and hiding to protect themselves. But they were not in the fear of men, but in the fear of the Lord.、Uh, they certainly didn't want to offend the Lord by being put down by persecution. Their fear was that the Lord would not be displeased, and in this they were going on. Francis, how do we reconcile this、uh, condition outwardly with the portion of the verse that also says that they were going on in the comfort of the Holy Spirit? This is not the comfort of the environment. This is not the comfort of the psychologist. This is a comfort of the Holy Spirit. There is not only a consoling word here, but it seems to be full of an empowering. The Lord had said in one eight, as I mentioned before, that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them, and would be His witnesses. Surely, this comforting word was also an empowering word to them. During this time, the same is true even today. As we go on in the fear of the Lord, we also enjoy the comfort of the Holy Spirit. These two aspects of the Lord's blessing are something that really supersedes our environment. The comfort of the Holy Spirit is something within, very soothing and very powerful, to take us through every kind of situation. This is an inspiring picture, I think, Francis, of the first-century Christians. Let's go back to more of Witness Lee. You know, Cornelius, his home was very close to Joppa. You better look at the map. You could see all these places are very close one to another. But anyhow, now Peter got to Joppa and stayed there. That was a preparation to have a stepping stone. That Peter could go over to Cornelius' house to open the door for the Gentiles to enter into the kingdom. We are ready to see Peter use his second key to open the gate for the typical Roman Gentile to enter into the kingdom of God.
Now you could see with Saul's case, the Lord did something very much to the visions. Ananias uh, received the word from the Lord concerning Saul in a vision. While the Lord appeared to Ananias, and there, meantime, was also a vision to Saul. You see, while in a vision, the Lord talked to Saul, at the same time, another vision to Saul. In that vision, Saul saw that Ananias came to him and laid his hand upon him. At the end of Ananias, there was a vision. At the end of Saul, there was also a vision. Two visions were going on to carry out the Lord's work. Then when we come to chapter 10, we will see another time the two visions were going on. Cornelius saw a vision, and then Peter saw a vision. You have to see in between of these two cases, the case of Saul and the case of the house of Cornelius, there are these two miracles then by Peter's ministry. One is a healing miracle, the other is a quickening miracle. He healed Aeneas and he quickened Dorcas. You have to put all this thing together to read them as a kind of a jigsaw puzzle. You put the pieces of the puzzle together. You could have a clear view. Here is a case of Saul of Tarsus. And this case was carried out by two visions. A vision to Ananias, a vision to Saul. And here is another case, the case of Cornelius. A vision to Cornelius and a vision to uh, Peter. And this case was also accomplished by two visions. In between of these two cases, there are two miracles by Peter. And Peter healed one, and Peter quickened a dead one. Put all this together, what would you read? Francis, even though by now Saul of Tarsus has begun at least the initial stages of his ministry, and eventually that ministry will prove to be such a dominant feature of the New Testament, still at this point Peter's ministry is also in a stage of expansion and enlargement. Why does Witness Lee indicate that this is in preparation for a very significant event that we're going to see in chapter 10 in the house of Cornelius? Yeah, this is uh, leading up to a very important point. We must remember that it was to Peter that the Lord Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom of the heavens. He had just unlocked the way for the Jewish believers to enter into the kingdom of the heavens, and the events of this chapter show us how the Lord was moving Peter along to prepare the way to open up the kingdom of the heavens to the Gentiles. Of course, as you get into this chapter, you don't realize what is taking place until you look more deeply. You could see these steps that Peter took from Lydda, where he told the paralyzed man to rise up, make up his own bed, and on to Joppa, 
where he spoke to the dead Dorcas to rise up, surely these miracles and these steps were opening the way for many to believe on the Lord. Peter was definitely on the move in bringing people to believe in Jesus Christ. Though he did such marvelous miracles, his goal and his way was not to make something of the miracles as though it was something of himself, but it was always to point people to Christ. He took every opportunity to bring people to Christ. He was being led by the Lord to get near to Caesarea. Caesarea was a particular place that was occupied mainly by the Gentiles. So to open up the kingdom of the heavens, the Lord gave Peter the keys. One key was to open the kingdom of the heavens to the Jews, which he did on the day of Pentecost. And the other key is about to be used to open up the way for the Gentiles. So this is the the scene that we're getting here. As Peter was moving, this is the sovereignty of the Lord, bringing him from Lydda out of Jerusalem on to Joppa, and these two miracles are quite significant here. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that it certainly was in the plan of the Lord Jesus as he was spreading. Each of these events, each of these miracles seemed to take Peter another step farther out away from the center of his comfort zone, Jerusalem. And as you said, eventually we'll see in chapter 10 in the coming programs to this very significant place of Caesarea. This should help us, Chris, I think, to not try to uh, plan all of our ways and think that we can invent things along the way to do the Lord's will. If we will just submit to him, his will will be worked out in a sovereign way in our environment. Francis, therein lies a very significant, profound life lesson, I think. Let's go back to Witness Lee. This is one of the better ways to study the Bible. Don't just study chapter 9 and let it go. Then study chapter 10, thinking these are different uh, portions and different uh, cases. Go back further. Chapter 1, stand alone as a kind of preparation. Then from chapter 2, the propagation begins. Chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. These four chapters are one portion. And these four chapters are all together on Peter's propagating ministry. In these four chapters, you see Peter's first message at the Pentecost. And then you see a miracle then for the lame man. Based upon that, Peter gave another message in chapter 3, another message in chapter 4, eventually something also in chapter 5. Then from chapter 6, a new beginning. Chapter 6 begins with the appointing of the seven. And among the seven, one was a teacher, Stephen. So in chapter 7, you have a record of this teacher teaching. And one of the seven is an evangelist, Philip. And there's a chapter that gives us a record of this evangelist preaching work. And that great teacher, Stephen, was persecuted to death. A strong young man was there, part of the persecution, and that young man was Saul. Through Stephen's case, there was a stirring up to persecute Jesus' followers. So there was a kind of devastation carried out mainly under the leadership of Saul. 
So you have chapter nine. Saul, this top leader of persecution, was going on from Jerusalem to Damascus. And on the way, he got saved. And he became a top preacher. But this didn't stop Peter's ministry. So after the record of such a top preacher's prevailing preaching, Peter came back to the scene. And now Peter is on the scene, not in Jerusalem and Judea, but in Caesarea. And this area becomes a stepping stone for Peter to step into the Gentile world, to open the gate for the Gentiles to enter into the kingdom. So you have to consider that from chapter 6 to the end of chapter 11, actually is a group. This section mingles Paul's ministry in the initial state with Peter's. In this section, you could see two ministries are mingling together. Still, Peter's ministry is the main part. Yet, Paul's ministry, by that time his name is still Saul, and Saul's ministry was coming in gradually. And Peter stepped out of Jerusalem to Caesarea to take Caesarea as a stepping stone that the Lord might use him to step into the Gentiles. And this was a preparation to get the Gentiles that Paul, the Gentile apostle, may begin his Gentile ministry. Have you seen the puzzle with all the pieces put together? In chapter 12, you could see that uh, the ministry of Peter was somewhat working out, out of the scene, and the ministry of Paul was stepping in. He began his ministry to gentle word, definitely and uh, prevailingly, from chapter 13. From chapter 13, Peter was out. This shows us altogether the Lord's sovereignty in his propagating himself into his chosen people. The Lord was sovereign. The Lord spent three and a half years plus somewhat another half year to prepare Peter. He didn't spend that many years to prepare Saul. The Bible tells us he was away to Arabia for some time. We have to believe that in that period of time, he got more of the Lord. In chapter 9, his preaching was brief and simple, stressing Christ's person and his work, stressing the Son of God and the Christ. But from chapter 13 to the end of the book, his preaching was more all-inclusive. By this, you all can see that the Lord has his sovereign way to prepare such a vessel, such a vessel, how the Lord turned this one from 
a top persecutor to a great vessel. Brother Francis, this is fascinating to see how God's sovereignty is vividly demonstrated in the development of these two dominant ministers of the New Testament, Peter and Paul. Paul would ultimately become the apostle to the Gentiles, while Peter would be a pillar in the Jewish church in Jerusalem. But before Paul could be initiated into this ultimate ministry, the Lord needed Peter, as you said, to use the second key and open the door of the gospel of the kingdom to the Gentiles. This is a marvelous picture of the coordination in the body, isn't it? Chris, I really got excited with this passage because I never saw before anything other than uh, two uh, faithful ones carrying out their work. But what the Lord is doing is carrying out one work. And there is no such thing as any kind of jealousy, any kind of competition. This is one ministry carried out by two ministers, two apostles. We really need the light on this passage to see what was happening in God's coordinating these two apostles for the carrying out of his economy on the earth. In a previous message, you remember we saw how Paul was the right person for the Lord to gain in order to be the apostle to the Gentiles. But Peter was needed to prepare the way to open the door to the Gentiles. The Lord sovereignly used these two in such a beautiful coordination. Saul got a vision, and Ananias coming to lay his hands on him that he could receive his sight was what Paul saw. With Peter, there was a vision that opened him up to go to the house of Cornelius. Now we can see how marvelously the work of these two apostles was coordinated for the spread of the gospel and the building up of the church. And uh, Chris, I believe this is a real lesson to us to see that God in his sovereignty will coordinate us together if we just cooperate with him without pride and without false humility, but just be a vessel useful in the Lord's hands. Francis, I think in uh, the first part of your response there, you touched a real key for all of us who uh, walk the Christian life, who desire to serve the Lord Jesus, and that is in these two great apostles. There's no sign of strife, envy, jealousy, trying to see who is going to be the so-called lead apostle. And this afforded the Lord this opportunity to do this marvelous coordinated move in his body. The Lord was faithful, Francis, to shine and open up, I think, some marvelous gems for us today. That's the blessing of this ministry. It surely is. Thank you once again for being with us today. We would also thank you, as always, for being with us. Your involvement in these broadcasts is really our life supply as uh, we serve in the radio section at Living Stream Ministry. And it's a pleasure and a great blessing to us to be able to hear from you, both when you just call to request the message or material from Living Stream or to let us know about these programs and your reaction to them. That number is one eight 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 life study That's 543-3788. Of course, you can also write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send your email to us at radio at lsm.org. Today, for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free 
888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.